Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the agencies that we work for. So today we're going to continue with our expressive arts series when discussing a little bit of writing. Like all of our expressive arts series, this one is brought to you by Therapist to Therapist. Therapist to Therapist is a platform where therapists can create, sell, and share their interventions with each other. And if you're looking for an intervention for a single client, you can pick one up there instead of having to buy an entire workbook. So again, that's Therapist to Therapist is sponsoring the Expressive Arts series this season. Today, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about writing as an expressive art, and we have a guest, Adrian Minotti. Adrian, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am Adrian Minotti. I am currently by trade a stylist, but a writer by hobby and hopefully soon to be um, bibliotherapist. Okay. That's a good uh, breadth of what I do. (laughs) Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into writing as an expressive art or as a therapeutic art? Sure. So when I was little, I had a lot of feelings as a child, and my parents are both teachers, and I'm very thankful that they are because they learned how to deal with children who need to express their feelings long before I even came along. So I was born with a lot of feelings and thoughts and opinions, and instead of letting me just reel out in those. When I was little, they used to give me, they would call them creative outlets. If I was spinning out a bit and they knew that I needed to kind of focus on what I was thinking or feeling, they would say, go do a creative outlet. So they were always really great about keeping things around for me, like craft supplies and all sorts of things. And my mother is a literature professor and at that time was an English teacher. So she always kept books around me all the time. I was constantly reading and she really taught me the importance of writing for my feelings. And I started at a very young age. It was almost compulsive. I would write, 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 write. And um, that stuck with me. So that of all the art forms that they made me try, I think writing is the one that really stuck with me because I have a lot of internal dialogue So it helped me externalize that. Super cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So at what point did you learn that or or put together, I guess, that the writing itself was helping your mental health? I think that really started to happen for me about six years ago. I went through a kind of creative and, I guess, entire life depression I was working in a creative field as a stylist, and I realized that I was really great at making things look pretty, but things to me didn't feel pretty. I felt very, I mean, as with depression, I just felt disconnected from myself. I felt that I wasn't 
in alignment, I guess, with what I was creating. And I felt like I saw a lot of ugly in the world around me. And I wanted to call out the ugly. And I was just angry. So internally, it's a lot of that like internal dialogue where you're angry. You want to yell cuss words at the top of your lungs all day. And you know, that's not what you should be doing. So I started writing at that point. And then I, through writing, it became really important to me. I didn't share it with anyone. And I didn't want to be a writer because my mother is a writer. And I said, I'm not going to be like her because most kids don't want to be like their mother or their father. There comes a point in your life when you realize that you a little bit are, but I didn't want to be a writer. And then around that time is when I started sharing what I was going through. Probably about four years ago is when I really did. But that's when it changed for me. And I realized that it was something that was helping me process my emotions versus just something that I did as a hobby. So we have some research about expressive writing. So a journal article published in the American Journal of Public Health in 2010 talked about expressive writing and the benefits of writing as a therapeutic tool. And in general, studies have shown that individuals who have written about their own traumatic experiences tend to exhibit significant improvements in various measures of physical health and better immune system functioning. A study from the same article discussed chronic illness in patients and found that writing led to improvements in anger expression, in group control over pain, depressed mood, and pain severity. So that's interesting. That's something you had just mentioned, Adrian, is both ang- anger and depression um, yes. and how expressive writing helped youth deal with those. Yes. I went through a pretty deep depressive episode. I would say it started about six years ago and in, at its depth lasted six months to a year. And at that point, it was really the only form in which I could communicate how I was truly feeling. I didn't feel like I had a lot of safe spaces. I didn't feel like I had a lot of people that I could communicate with on that level. So writing was really the only thing that I felt connected me to myself in some ways. I actually, during that time, wrote a screenplay and it was, I kind of wrote two big things at that point, but that was kind of a breakup letter in a way to my past and my trauma and the things that I experienced. Um, So I, in writing that, processed a lot of the things and I was able to write that into types and shadows and kind of express what I went through where I wasn't necessarily writing my own story verbatim, literally in a literal context, but I was able to write that out through writing that screenplay. I love that. Super cool. And that's that actually brings me to my next point, which is that poetry, but also writing in general, and actually all expressive arts, give people the opportunity to say things they other ways cannot express. Yes. Um, so whether that be words that they wouldn't use in ordinary language, or just self-expression in some way that we cannot express in everyday words. Yes. 
I think it's important to note one of the things you said is, is that you expressed this, but it wasn't necessarily talking about your own story and what happened to you. It was sort of once removed. And in therapy, one of the things that we find with people who've experienced trauma and also with children, that it's hard to talk in the first person about what I feel and what I've experienced with writing and with creating characters that are experiencing and feeling these things, we can still get the emotion and that negative energy out of our system, but it doesn't feel so personal all of the time. Yes. I think it's kind of, I guess a a good example is what a lot of us do as adults is we watch (laughs) rom-coms when we're feeling sad or we're, we kind of, we kind of revert to those in a way of seeing ourselves in those stories and trying to find like a thread or a silver lining or hope in that. And I think that a lot of times when you try to talk about your own feelings, it doesn't feel hopeful in that moment. It's almost like a subconscious decision. We, we choose those stories. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. So a few other ways that we use writing in a therapeutic way, like maybe in your session or as homework from a session would be some letter writing. We use this in grief, but we also use it in trauma work. We use it in processing anger and quite a few different areas and also journal writing. So this is one of those things where a lot of times you say to somebody in a session, I think you should start writing in a journal and you get an eye roll and a groan but it can be really therapeutic and it doesn't have to do with anybody but yourself. Nobody else has to see those things. Yes, that's, those are both things that I do a lot of. And I didn't, when I was doing them, I didn't realize that it was as therapeutic as I now know that it is. And I didn't even know the research behind it, but I have always written handwritten letters to people and it's, kind of a trademark and now it's almost a joke. I don't think I've ever dated anyone that didn't get several handwritten letters <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I've I've pretty I've been pretty notorious for writing breakup letters. I have been notorious also for writing I love you letters. I have I have no issue writing how I feel. I have a lot of issues with saying how I feel. <laughs> so that's some work that I'm I'm doing in therapy, actually. My my therapist was like, you have a little bit of a disconnect between the way that you write and the way that you sound. She's like, because when you speak, you sound like some sweet, I don't have any needs, wants, or desires type of a person. And then whenever you write, it's not that. And she said, in your head, who are you writing as? Who is that voice? And I said, it's Maya Angelou. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that disconnect. But yes, I've always written those letters and I've always journaled and it's more sporadic with my journaling. It's more when I'm feeling in the mood, I don't always make myself journal, but I'm always writing. And I found out that instead of writing just journal entries, daily journal entries, I started writing poetry so that when I do feel like writing, a lot of times it's short and sweet and it's what I feel in that moment versus making myself do a daily entry. But yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when I journal, mine tends to be kind of sporadic like yours as well. 
But I also want to point out the importance of just writing or even making a list sometimes. Mm -hmm. It can be so helpful to just get all of the thoughts or racing thoughts out of your head and onto paper and just see it right there in front of you. I, I find that sometimes it helps calm that repetitive nature of certain thoughts. That's definitely the case for me. Uh, I do that a lot as well. I think it feels good for me to do that whenever I do feel those thoughts racing. A lot of people like to journal at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, but that's not necessarily when I'm feeling most anxious in times. So when I am, I do carry a journal with me. And then I also always have my phone on me and I have the notes on my phone and I'm making lists and plans and getting all of those things into like a physical form that really helps with my anxiety too. I think you just brought up a really good point. Um, when we talk about journaling or writing, a lot of people have in their head what that looks like. And so I might say to a client, you know, I, I think you should probably start journaling. And they're like, oh, well, then I have to go buy a journal and I have to buy special pens and the journal has to be pretty and it doesn't have to be any of those things. It can be the notes in your phone. It can be the back of a napkin that you picked up somewhere. It can be anything just to get that negative energy and sometimes positive energy just to get it out and get it flowing and start to kind of organize your thoughts a little bit. It's yeah. so true. I think that we do, I think we maybe have like this 80s or 90s version of, I don't know if you remember those journal, those secret passcode journals where you had to have a certain key to open them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like our ideal version of what journaling is. We're like, no one else can see this. It must be secret. <laughs> and I think we've created this whole stigma around it that makes it almost feel like it's unattainable. And that's so hard when you're already dealing with your own struggles and you already feel like the world is kind of just one giant ball of problems that you have to solve to try to figure out where to get the perfect journal and the perfect gel pen is going to <laughs> just give you another hurdle. I think it is. Yeah, it's important to. I don't journal in that way much anymore. It's all. I'm a little bit more of a scattered person anyway, so it's all kind of all over the place. And I write little notes to myself, and I have Post-it notes everywhere, and I do that as well. And I also do that for other people, like leave little notes like that. But yeah, it's it's messy journaling. <laughs> when I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, once you go out and you buy this beautiful journal and these beautiful pens most writers that I know then go, oh, now I have to figure out what is pretty enough and perfect enough to go in the pretty yeah. journal. So it just ends up an empty mm -hmm. journal anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think this also just brings up a good point too, that you can do whatever works for you. It really doesn't matter how you write or what you write on. Just pick what works for you and stick with that. Yeah. If it feels good to write on beautiful paper with a quill pen go for it but <laughs> yeah that's my idealized life that's not my actual actualized life so and I think that all of these things that we're discussing are often used as delaying tactics so we know that we need to get things out and we need to journal but that's scary before we start it 
So the more things that we can put, more obstacles that we can put in our way to delay actually going forward and journaling, I, I think that that some people have a tendency to do that. It's so true. My mom keeps the note bound notepads where it's the bound spines, not the spiralized spines. And she has a bunch of those she gets on sale every year for her students and she'll just keep them around in her classroom. So right the the day before they called uh, shelter in place, I wrote a bunch of letters to people and I put them inside of these cheap 50 cent to a dollar notebooks and I dropped them off on their doorsteps. And I said, hey, we're all going to be spending a lot of time alone with ourselves or the other people that we live with. It's probably a good idea for all of us to write about how we're feeling and it can be messy and this isn't a precious notebook, nothing special about it. So feel free to write whatever you want in it. And I did that to several people and I know a lot of people use them and I had been approaching it that way for a long time. And I figured out that with giving people the physical notebook, they no longer have an excuse. They can't say, oh, I don't have anything to write on. I gave it to them. So there is nothing stopping them. They have it on their doorstep. They can use it. And when you have that in front of you, you are kind of compelled to use it, I think. But it doesn't have to be anything precious. And I I had delayed myself many, many, many times. So I kind of, I don't know, that's probably something I should work through a little bit in therapy too, but I sometimes overstep my boundaries, but sometimes it's for the better where I just leave that on the doorstep. Some of the letters probably went into a little bit too much much depth to share (laughs) with these people, but at least they got the notebook too. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier that you have quite a few things going on with working as a stylist and writing. And I know that you're really close with your family. How do you work expressive arts into your routine? For me, I think I've been doing it for so long that it's almost compulsive. It's almost just, it is one of those things where I'm constantly writing things down on napkins or in notebooks or basically whatever I can find. So I don't necessarily have a structure at this moment, and that's what I'm working on. I'm working on creating more structure because I have a lot of different things going on. My main focus now is that I need to look at what's going to do the most good and what I can focus more of my energy and time into. And for the longest time, I was on the fence about how to do that. Do I just keep writing? Do I just get my stories out there? Do I focus on the mental health aspects of it? How do I do that? And that's when I decided that I was going to look into going to school for bibliotherapy because I felt that it gave me all of that that I wanted to do in one form. So I'm focused now on, I've written probably enough poetry to do three published works, but I am working on self-publishing my own first book of poetry. And then once I do that, see where things go from there. And I can continue to do that and focus on that also while I am in school. 
Very cool. So tell us something fun about what you do. I wouldn't say that this is fun for everyone, um, but it's funny. So at times it can be funny to me and at times it's funny to others. I tend to write really long letters to people. And I have done this to most people in my life. And it can be funny. It can also be really, if you imagine you're watching a rom-com and you see this montage and you see everything a person, all of the memories and thoughts and feelings they're having as they write this letter and then they deliver it on a doorstep or under somebody's windshield wiper blade or even send it to their house. And the thing about writing and sending a letter is that it's out there. And once it's out there, it's out there forever. So I realized this early on and I started hiding letters that I had written to people and I'm just now still finding letters I never gave to people that I have hidden like Easter egg hunts around my house. But then there are some that I've given to people and I still feel so (laughs) ashamed in my gut about what I've said because I just put it all out there. So I have left mixtapes and letters on doorsteps and I have had to send some apology letters for... (laughs) saying too many things in prior letters. And I think I've created some pen pals who really did appreciate these things. And I feel also, I don't know if anyone will ever listen to this, that I've done that too, but this is also a public apology (laughs) (laughs) for all the letters I've ever given because there are many. (laughs) You brought up a good point. Which is, you know, you said that you've shared all of these letters and and things you've written with other people. And earlier, Cora said that writing is also something you don't have to share with anyone. It can be, Mm -hmm. you know, incredibly individual and just something that's only for you as well. Um, and so I just want to point out that sometimes people do have a fear that someone will maybe read something that they wrote. Um, and that we can solve that easily too. Of course, you don't absolutely have to save everything that you write, or if you wrote something that you don't like, you don't have to keep that either. And you certainly don't have to send it to anyone else. Don't ever give anyone anything that you've written in the heat of the moment. I used to write angry letters to my sister and my parents and slide them under their doors at night. Not healthy (laughs) for the others involved. It felt great to write it. I don't think you should share everything that you've written. So if you've written something and you want to share it with someone, I would say, wait three days, don't look at it at all, then go back to it after three days and reevaluate from there. If you need to edit it, maybe you had some good ideas that you do need to share with people but maybe it was just a lot of stuff that you needed to process on your own. So at least give it three days. Sometimes I give, I give it more time. Um, if I'm going to be sharing that, sometimes I'll give it three days. I'll make a couple edits and I'll give it three more days. Just wait until you're comfortable sharing those things because once you share them, they're out there. I think that's really great advice. <laughs> So, Adrian, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you have going on right now and how our listeners can find you? 
now I am working on a book that I'm going to self-publish. There'll be more information about that later. But if you want to find some of my writing, I do have an Instagram account that I share a lot of my poetry on. And I also speak pretty openly about mental health. And I try to open up the conversation there, even though it's my personal page. Uh, I feel like it's important for us to share what is pertinent to us as we um, grow in our own lives. So you can find me on Instagram, Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N, Minotti, M-I-N-O-T-T-I. And that's just my name on Instagram, easy to find. And I also have a website that you can find some of my work at. Currently, I have my styling work on this website. I sell vintage as well, and it's there. But eventually, I will be using it. So I don't know. Whenever you read this, it could be finished and published. I will be using it as a source for mental health and um, have a lot of resources there as well. So I sell vintage, and I call it Sunnyside Vintage. And I did that intentionally because I like to open up the conversation about mental health. And I feel that that is a way that I can do that as well. I do a lot of pop-up shops, so I like to talk to people and meet people there. And I actually say sometimes, tell me about your feelings and just try to open up a conversation about how we're actually feeling. So you can find me at my website and um, that's a great place to find some of my work, but also eventually I'll be sharing more of my writing there as well. You can find my website. It is sunnysidevintage.com, and you can find more information there. Great. Sounds good. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. And for anybody who has questions about expressive arts or about using writing as an expressive art for mental health, please look us up on Instagram and make some comments. Um, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us.